Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Global market in men's skincare products is due to reach 16.3 billion by 2026. So it's definitely a growing market. And I'm delighted to be joined today by Darren Williams, Executive Chairman of Men's Skincare Brand Scrubs, to talk about the brand and the journey that the brand have been on. Thanks very much for joining me today, Darren. You're very welcome. It's really good to see you again. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you. Now, can you take us through how the brand started and when and why you got involved? Sure. So um, I don't take credit for the brand uh, beginning because I wasn't around then. So um, our founder is still with us today. Our founder is called Mark. And um, back in 2016, Mark had successfully exited a previous business um, and began uh, really following a passion for men's skincare and soap, particularly at that time. He was he calls himself a soap enthusiast, would you believe? I never knew such a thing existed, but that's how he describes himself. And he realized he couldn't find a really good premium bar of soap um, designed specifically for men. Um, So he set about playing in his shed and uh, literally creating this and working alongside um, an artisanal soap manufacturer who we still work with today, actually, and I'll talk about them later, um, to produce what was called batch number one. Um, And uh, we got some brilliant pictures of batch number one, actually, that we use in some of our in some of our vaults. And it's um, it's good to sort of revisit and see those early images. But he sold them to family and friends and gave some away and and just basically courted opinion and and realized he was onto something. And so the the Mm. founding, I guess, if you like, product of Scrubbed overall was was the soap. They're, They're quite unique in the sense that they're 250 gram blocks. You know, they're chunky blocks of soap. Yeah, Um, they are manly blocks of soap. They're a manly block of soap. They're definitely a, they're definitely a two, two-hander. Um, but um, they're packed with essential oil, packed with essential oil, and fully organic and fully vegan as well. Um, so they are really a beautiful product. What's, what's unique about them is they don't lose their, their shape or their smell. They get smaller, but they hold their shape, um, and they hold their smell right till the, the last centimeter is left. So um, they're, they're a terrific um uh, product that we're really proud of so th- so that's how it began it was literally a family and friends what do you think moment mm-hmm. and, and he found he was onto something um he played around with that really sort of behind the scenes and he co- incorporated scrubbed as a business um in september 2016 so we're really five years old from date yeah. of incorporation but then the tinkering and the planning and the building was going on behind the scenes and it would be another year until the brand came to market. And um, during that tinkering and planning, he decided that he would also add two skincare ranges. Um, and so he came up with the idea of anti-aging. It's obviously a, a huge growing market within um, the men's grooming industry. Um, and then an energizing range, which was a slightly different range, really designed and geared towards everyday use, such as face wash, shave cream, you, the stuff you take into the shower with you. Yeah. Um, 
So he ended up with three distinct ranges, the two skincares and the soaps, um, and then began to talk to retailers uh, in those early days. And you know, had, a, had a really lucky break, actually. So um, it was picked up by Harvey Nichols um, on an exclusive relationship. Um, and they were the launch partner for Scrubbed um, in October 2017. So long before I came along. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was uh, a successful launch. It was obviously well-timed for that golden quarter. Yeah. Um, and they had a really encouraging early start. And so when, so 2017, when did you, where did you go from there and when did you join? So um, the brand uh, had signed quite a long exclusivity period with Harvey Nichols, which um, I understand in reflection, it's easy to be led down that path because mm-hmm. obviously you're a new brand and you want to uh, you know, have a great partner like Harvey Nichols and they are a great retailer. Um, but it also, it stops your, your ability to then talk to other people. And so were, what was, were, was the brand able to sell direct to consumer as well? Or it was D- DTC, yes, yeah, scrub.com and Harvey Nichols only. Right. right. Uh, okay. And so uh, DTC was going okay. Um, but Harvey Nichols was the bigger of the two channels. Um, and obviously people see things in stores and buyers go and check out other things. And so we had a few approaches during that time that we weren't able to help with because we were locked into an exclusivity period. So um, the brand sort of, had that sort of plateau out of that quarter uh, of Christmas and all the loveliness that comes with that, that hard quarter. And then um, it sort of fell off a cliff a little bit. Yeah. And sales didn't really um, match expectation. Uh, direct to consumer ticked along. What was really strong about direct to consumer in 2018 in that first full year was average spend was fantastic. And so it was return visits. Yeah. So we knew that people liked what we were doing and it was bringing people back and we were getting an average basket of, you know, 60, 70 pounds and two or three items. So that was really encouraging, great metrics for online, but we just didn't have volume. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually met Mark uh, through a, another couple of people within my industry network um, when he was considering what to do with it next. And uh, I joined some of those conversations in in late 2018 and early 2019 about what the future of the brand would look like. Um, And then uh, I was invited to pitch uh, to take the brand on as from my consultancy, Williams Harding. Um, And I pitched and I was successful. um, And I took the helm uh, in March 2019. It seems like a long time ago, and it probably it is. It seems like a lot well, happened. Well, I think it it feels like a long time ago, but like also the world kind of stood still for like eighteen months as well. <laughs> no, it's not stood yeah. still, but you know, in terms of with what COVID happened, I think it just put a very different perspective on time and the industry for a lot of people over that time. And yeah. then, what was it that made you decide to buy into the brand? So I'd used it um, when I first met him. I obviously tried some of his products. Uh, and you know, efficacy-wise, I'm a, a guy almost – I'm 50 next year, but, you know, a guy in his late 40s, anti-aging is attractive to me, trying to hold on to anything we've got left just for a bit longer. Um, and I was really genuinely surprised by the efficacy mm-hmm. of, of the products. But also I was, I was taken with the brand itself. I think the brand has got real ability to extend and, and be understood. Um, and so, therefore, I thought, you know, with that and the backdrop of the men's grooming market being so strong, it would be a really interesting thing to get involved in. And I've never done it either. So mm-hmm. I've had such a rich tapestry of things I've got involved in over my career. 
Um, I, do, I thought it's just another thing to, to get involved in and try out. I've never done health and beauty. Um, so uh, let's get involved. And so I was, I was really keen to get hold of the business and see what I could do with it. And then a rebrand happened. So was it still called Batch One when you joined? No, so Batch One was the first run of soaps. Um, so um, they, they were a unique thing that happened in the early days before we even came to market. So um, we didn't rebrand as such. What we had to do, first of all, to start with was get out to market. So the brand had never gone to a trade fair. It had never really pitched to buyers. It had never what I called hustled. And I, mm-hmm. you know, you need to hustle as a new brand. And although we were 18 months old, we were a mixture of kind of still in startup mode. We still wanted to expand, but we were a little bit distressed as well. So sometimes companies sort of fall into one of those silos, but we were a bit of all three. Yeah. Um, and so I had to really unpick that. And my priority was to get out there and meet as many people as possible. So I went to Indie Beauty Expo in Berlin. Yeah. I went to Indie Beauty Expo in New York. I went and had meetings with buyers in uh, Dubai. So it, we had a really busy sort of hit of traveling and getting the brand out there and, and shamelessly, as I called it, hustling and meeting people. And, and that revealed something to us really early on um, in, my, in my time here was that the packaging wasn't right. Mm. Um, and it was the first time we'd ever really heard that um, in the life of the brand. And the old packaging looked beautiful, very, um, very designer-led and looked fantastic on the bathroom shelf, but it was heavy, opaque glass. Yeah. And um, so whilst it's it Fine looked- if you're in Harvey Nichols and you've maybe not got high traffic coming through or, yeah. you know, um, but maybe not potentially the best for a lot of other retailers i'd imagine as yeah well, well it, it already occurred to me because the face wash is 100 mils face wash but it was in a really heavy glass dispenser um in the original product and i dropped one in my own bathroom you know on a tiled floor and you know what glass is like when you mm. drop it, it goes everywhere and i was literally finding shards of glass for weeks to come even though you, you know, clear up the best you can and it just it just suddenly was obvious to me that having glass in a bathroom environment is probably not the most sensible thing to do and then not only that you want to take face wash into the shower yeah you know and so you're grappling with things in the shower and you've got wet hands you know you drop one of those on your toe yeah. you're going to know about it kind not of not the best so, from a health and safety point of view yeah and just usability nicole yeah. you know so just about thinking about end user i think we we formulas we've never touched from day one and we never will they are amazing brilliant um but packaging, we'd never really thought about the end user. We mm-hmm. designed it for its look and feel. And aesthetic, but yeah. Yeah, and designed it for what a guy actually just does, what's his bathroom routine kind of thing. Um, but the problem we had was we had retailers telling us this and buyers telling us this, and we had tons of stock. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the most revealing pitch to me was we got right the way to the end with Harrods, and we were with their lead buyer. Um, and... Uh, I never forget this meeting. It was in, in Harrods, uh, Harrods HQ in Knightsbridge. And uh, he's like, I love it. I love it. But I hate the packaging. Right. Okay. And was that a real oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, knife in the heart kind of, oh my yeah, God. And he, he put four items together in a wash bag and said, just feel that. Feel the weight. And he's like, yeah. I don't want to carry that around. And then he was like, have you thought about the environmental impact of of you know importing all of this glass because we were importing it from Europe, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the weight right. of freight, you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Glass isn't as eco as you might think it is as well. So 
it was just all of these things of wrongness at once. And we were suddenly like, it was a bit of a holy shit moment. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, where, where do we go with this? But we had to get our stock levels down. So the, the strategy simply was, we know we need to change the packaging. It's probably going to be 2020 by the time we can really do it before we get clean through our stock levels. So let's concentrate on adding some markets, no matter how small the retailer Forget about MOQs. Let's just let's just form some really interesting relationships, um, and we've had some real success for that. You know, one of our one of our great early partners with a, lo- a lovely business in Amsterdam called Six and Sons, mm-hmm. um, and they love working with interesting independent brands that you you know, and it's like a, they have a an online and a sort of shop of discovery in in Amsterdam, and I, I had the pleasure of being there in those days when we could just travel freely (laughs) and um, we did a meet the maker day and, you know, it was really good and actually a really nice little healthy relationship for us. So we did lots of those. And suddenly before we knew it by Christmas, 2019, we had eight interesting countries and markets with small relationships. So it was just really good for brand building and DTC was doing okay with our existing customers. And that was our strategy. It was, it was really a key moment to go to Indie Beauty New York because we met um, we met uh, a couple of ladies called Shannon and Kathy who still work with me today, and they kind of became commission based agents on the ground in the US, and they landed a small relationship for us to start with to get us a foothold in the US. Um, and, and so, and has they, the pack had the packaging changed at that point then? Or we no, still no, this so is you still, still all the old glass, you know. So right. we we knew we had it, but it was just really important to to work through what we had. And so it was always the plan to finish 2019 and, and probably a little bit of 20 with the old range. And in the background though, you're working on new packaging and getting that also. Yeah, we're looking about what it could look like. And we we're also looking at the tail as well. So we, we had three products that just didn't sell mm-hmm. and we loved them, but our customers weren't using them. And for me, you know, your numbers tell a story and you need to let them go. You know, so when we did the rearrange, we we cut the tail off, but I'll talk about that in a sec. Um, Fast forward to 2020, um, that little detail called the pandemic, um, (laughs) obviously bit ball in February, March time. And um, Mark was actually very brave and he deserves credit. So um, despite the fact that the world was imploding, it was like, now is the time to get on with this. You know, and I was worried that, you know, will I still have the funds to to do this rearrange um but he was like yeah i'm going to give you the funds i'm going to i'm going to let you push ahead with this there was there was a moment i remember on that crazy friday i think it was the 20th of march when we were literally lockdown was imminent boris was yeah. saying go to the pub but don't go to the pub and if you do go to the pub leave early and all that and everyone <laughs> knew what was coming basically um and mark said to me just give me the weekend to think about this yeah i'm just nervous Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, if we if we don't rebuild this range, we really have got nowhere else to go. But, you know, I understand why a founder wouldn't want to put any more of his money into this right now when the world's collapsing. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, he rang me the day of lockdown and said, we're going to do that. I'm going to give you the money that you need. Um, so we could push the button. So we started all of the, you know, we had to source a new uh, supplier for, labels, packaging, the soap wrap. The soap was going from a three-piece wrap to a one-piece wrap. So it required all new sourcing. We did all of that piece of work, tons of virtual meetings, tons of samples arriving in the post and being sent back and, you know, literally managed a rebrand from my apartment. Um, 
And then when we knew we were going to be ready and we'd have the stock for the 1st of August, actual finished stock, we pushed the button on a huge summer sale. We did 25, 30% off from memory um, on the old range, so on everything for the whole yeah. month of June. Um, we got really clean. It really cleaned us out. It was a really good, healthy online sale. Um, and we had about £5,000 worth of wholesale left um, and we sold it to TK Maxx. Yeah. So, um, and they took, they, they took a lot from us of the old packaging and uh, it hit their stores in October and I think it was gone within like a week, you know. So there wasn't really that much to, to clear. So mm-hmm. I thought it was a really good um, educated risk to clear it in that way and really start clean. And then on 1st of August, we were clean uh, with our new look off, you know, we'd re- we hadn't rebranded, but we'd freshened the brand. We'd added a British flag very discreetly to the packaging to kind of underscore our Britishness. We'd um, updated some other elements of the labeling. And the most key part, face wash 100 mils was no longer in a one, you know, a, a chunky glass dispenser. Yeah. It was in a sugarcane plastic tube which feels so beautifully smooth and you take it into the shower with you and use it as you would sensibly you know so that real end user piece had finally landed and it was a game changer for us and did you step up obviously when you had that the new launch with the packaging or the, the yeah. and so was that a big launch from an advertising point of view or did you do it organically what how did you what did you do that we hired an agency a pr agency and we um we did quite a lot of press release we had some good coverage um we did a few editorials um we obviously blasted our own database as well um and we did like an opening offer for you know existing customers to if you're on our database come and try the new look range same great formula new look range basically mm-hmm. so we were absolutely banging the message home that the formula hadn't changed you know because it was important for people to understand it was still the same award-winning scrubbed and I've, I've left quite an important part of the story out I should mention that in late 2018 uh, the anti-aging range won a GQ award for anti-aging innovation and beat some of the big boys great uh, so it had a really early award and that was a real shot in the arm for the brand it didn't take away the packaging issue but it was mm-hmm. a real validation of the formula um, and our face wash was runner-up in, a G- in the GQ award <laughs> last year runner-up um, <laughs> Still get a little bad for being runner-up, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's good to have some validation from the industry of your formula as well. And so, with the packaging issues solved, what happened then? So, we had already been talking, I guess, flirting with Nordstrom in uh, in February, March via our our friends on the ground in the US, and there were some early conversations about going on to Nordstrom.com. Um, and then, doosh, everything collapsed. And obviously, we got the proverbial, you know, on hold for now email, which we completely understood. You know, that was the way the world was. Um, and then um, we, we reopened talks. You know, we, they knew a new look was coming, but obviously, we sent them our new look decks because we had a whole range of decks uh, produced for the new range. Um, and they immediately were like, this is a, this is a completely new look. And... Uh, and we love it. And so we had some chats again about Nordstrom.com. And then it was like, maybe we could do five stores. Maybe we could do 10 stores. Maybe we could do 20 stores. And by early September last year, we were, dis- we were talking about online of 40 stores. 
Amazing. And you're trying to keep your cool during those conversations. Yeah, okay, five stars, yeah, 10 stars. And then it goes yeah. up and up and up. But it's like inside, I'm sure you're like, oh my God, this is fantastic. It was, but it was also really frightening because right. it was, the, it was the, the calm bird on the water moment because mm-hmm. we just didn't have the stock. Right. You know, so my brain is going, we need to build, we need to build, we need to build, you know, which we need, it needs funding. Right. And, you know, and then because we were working on such tight timelines, we were, we were still discussing numbers in September 2021, sort of the second week. And they were going to want the stock four weeks later, you know, and we can build and we've got a great relationship with our skin factory. So we can build most of our stock with a two, three week lead time. Because it's manufactured it, in the UK, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but it meant putting it on a plane. Yeah. You know, and I mean, even even then it was expensive. Now it's eye watering. I've just flown 5000 soaps over this week and the cost will blow your mind, yeah. you know, in terms of it's direct from factory to to our US distribution. But anyway, so, yeah, so it was really exciting. I mean, it is probably the retailer you want to work with in the US. I've always loved them. I used to work in the US and Nordstrom was kind of my go to as a consumer as well. Um so I'd always wanted to land it, but, you know, there is like a nail-biting moment where you're going, wow. And we did have to scramble and we, we, we launched on the 1st of November, but it was a complete nail-biter all the way. And, you know, I kid you not, sleepless nights and nibbled fingers and, you know, just wanting to get it right, to get this really important launch in place. Because once they get it there, they then have five DCs that they distribute it to. And it's just... It takes a while to get through the chain. So the timeline was, was everything. And yeah. so, you know, passionate conversations took place at many hours of the day. Um, <laughs> and, you know, walking the dog while talking to the skin factory, you know, is this going to happen? And like, um, but it did, you know, by hook or by crook, he skidded in and <laughs> that, that store launched in early November across 40 stores across the United States. And it was a, it's a really proud moment, actually. Um, and, and how many like stories? Our, you, sorry. No, go on. It's like our arrival moment. It was like we'd suddenly gone from, you know, a, a fledgling brand to we, we actually had a proper foothold. The irony being that we were now predominantly a US brand, but we we're a British business. And how many stores, Nordstrom stores are you in now? Is it still 40 or is that grown? Still 40. And, yeah. To give people an idea of the kind, obviously the, the US is massive. Um, what kind of units are you talking about from an order point of view that they're placing with you? It re- it's, it's, it's really varied. So obviously there was a, I mean, it was like the first drop was something like 10,000 plus units across those 40 stores. Um, and we've done regular drop and replen throughout mm-hmm. this year. We've just, we've just sent 5,000 soaps now for them to be packed in the US for Christmas for the North, the Nordstrom business, the soaps have really just gone off, you know, and interestingly, it's our lowest margin product, but it's also the, you know, our original founding cornerstone of our brand. And we're really proud of it, but soaps have really connected. We've, we've been slower on some of the skincare lines. Um, and to try and fix that, we've just built 70,000, uh, samples, you know, so three mil samples, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we are sending 35,000 of those to the US next week to be used in the Nordstrom business. Um, right. To get dancers, feedback and to, right, okay. Yeah, to get feedback and to, and to capture people because, you know, there are all the other brands are doing it and we're not. 
you know, and so it's great that we've got a foothold. It's great that we're a year old. It's great that they're still reordering, but we'd like to see a broader, a broader order into skincare as well. And actually, I think we're at maturity now at four years old of trading that we should have a quality branded sample of each of our seven skincare lines. Um, and so, yeah, they're, they're dropping, they're dropping in the factory next week and they'll be, they'll have to be aired uh, <laughs> next week to the US as well. So, you know, the air thing is, is important to reference because it's not just about cost, it's the environmental impact as well. And we are trying to be a better business in that, in that field all the time. And we've got more packaging changes planned for next year as a result of that. But yeah, it's not just commercial that hurts, it's the fact that we, we don't want to be flying things. You know, yeah. We want to be putting stuff on a boat as much as possible. And is there anything that you currently do as a business to try and offset your carbon footprint or like I said, I know you're looking at, at other things in the business. What kind of things are you looking at to be more sustainable as a brand? I think it's, um, it's something that we need to do better. You know, I think we've, we've evolved, as I said, our packaging a long way, but we need to think about and sit down as a board and really think about what is our, our eco, eco sorry plan for 2022. And so, uh, watch this space. We're together as a few weeks as a board, and that environmental impact piece is massive. And I think sugarcane plastic, I've mentioned, it's really good. It's fantastic. It's a massive mm-hmm. move forward. But there's things happening beyond that now as well. And so one of the things you'll probably see in terms of packaging next year is a change. It'll be the same look, same look and feel too, but it'll be a different material again. You know, we just want to keep having a look at that all the time. So yeah, there's there's things we can do, um, charitable offset. Uh, impact uh, statements we can get involved with as well so uh, watch this space but must try harder would be our report card right now <laughs> and do you have you looked at refills you know in the pouches or what do you think of those yeah i love them and i love i've loved seeing it come back at the body shop actually i think you know i've loved i've loved the rebirth of the body shop under its new ownership over the last 12 18 months it sort of feels like it's gone back to the anesthetic days and i think to see refill coming back into there, seeing refills coming into supermarkets, refills becoming a really big thing. We haven't yet worked through what the practicality would look like of that. Um, for example, our tubes are sealed tubes, so they, they are one-time use. And that's the sort of thing that we need to think about mm-hmm. and address and decide what our customers want. We definitely need to do some profiling with our existing database around it. And one of the things we're planning to do next year is ask some questions of our existing database to say, what changes would you like to see? And also, how would you, know, how would you feel about things like refills? So, yeah, it's not, it's not something we've got planned in the next 6, 12 months, but it's something we are acutely aware of. It's becoming more and more common. And you talked there about your database. How do you engage? Are, do you have an engaged customer base? You know, how do you get feedback from them? So we will be better. Um, so we've, We've not been very good at CRM, and I guess that's because we've we've been awfully distracted with kind of rebuilding operations and so on. And I think um, one of the exciting developments we, we've just um, uh, done is we've signed a, an agency called Blue Square Media, who have been helping us behind the scenes build new collateral, build new messaging. Um, you heard it here first. Our new website launches next week, uh, which is uh, a really, really exciting development. We're moving on to the Shopify platform. Um, but we're going to be doing um, so many exciting new things. Subscription models, hint, hint. Very um, good. The way and forward. Com- yeah, and completely changing the way that we, we interact with our current database, but also 
growing our database um, mm-hmm. dramatically as well. So we are really focusing on our D2C business and and really rebooting it. And uh, yeah, the guys at Blue Square um, have, have proven to be brilliant partners. It was one of those, um, I'm sure you're the same, you get loads of LinkedIn messages of people wanting to yeah. talk to you and sell something to you or network with you. It's lovely. But, you know, many of them, you know, you say thank you, but happy to connect, but not right now sort of thing. Yeah. But this one just caught my eye, serendipitous, and it was of the moment of things we were thinking about. Um, and that's how we met them through LinkedIn. And, um, yeah, I mean, they've been they've just been the best partner. And I think the the emphasis on the word partner, they, they, they talk about we when we're in meetings, you know, so it's not you and them, it's us. Um, yeah. And I've, just, I've loved their approach on that. And um, the new website looks amazing <laughs> and uh, should be, should be live next week, should be. Um, so, it's, we're almost there. So you talked about the new website, potentially looking at subscription box model. Are there any other new things coming that you can share? Or how yeah, you so, see your growth planning over the next couple of years? Yeah, so there's going to be some new product development um, as well. Uh, so we've got um, some exciting NPD plans. Um, there's going to be NPD around gifting. There's going to be NPD around uh, new SKUs. Um, and there's going to be some new sets as well. I'm trying not to give too much away. Um, we've also got, I'll say it, we've got a new soap coming. Um and we're going to trial it just in this market for Christmas. So it's going to be ready in November. We're actually appearing at Spirit Christmas in, in Olympia yeah, um, for a week from November the 1st. So we're hoping, fingers crossed, this new look soap uh, will be available um, as, a, as a Spirit of Christmas kind of come and have a first look. Um, it's a pure white bar um, in the existing mould and the smell is off the planet. Um, so uh, that's all I'm going to say. We haven't even named it yet. Okay. <laughs> we literally is going into manufacture next week. We've, we've been spending three or four weeks perfecting the essential oil mix. It'll be pure white. It's on the same block, um, but we still haven't chosen a name. And then we've got to press the button on the artwork and then get our our wraps to produce it. That bit can be done quick, but we're just still choosing a name. And what but, does um, the what's your existing one, the charcoal one called? So we've got charcoal, charcoal and black pepper. Yeah, we just right. named them by um, ingredient. Uh, charcoal, black pepper, um, lemongrass and lime, and uh, cedarwood and grapefruit, which is the number one seller in the US, actually, cedarwood and grapefruit. And then charcoal and black pepper is number one here. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this new soap has got a couple of ingredients in, so we're just trying to work out which are the best ones to call out and in which order. But it's, it's very um, musky, ambery, very masculine smell, um, but pure, brilliant white as well. Um, it's going to look amazing. And we're, we're going to make 2000 and see how it goes in this market. Um, yeah, so that's really exciting. And then one of the things we've done recently as well, we've just put our toe in the water with travel retail. Yeah. Um, so we, we've done uh, a small deal with WH Smith Travel in um, just in Gatwick and Heathrow, uh, their, their airside stores. Um, and we launched in um, late August, early September, um, and they've just sent their first reorder through this morning. Um, and interestingly, what's coming out, they've only got shave, wash, scrub, and the oil control moisturizer. Um, the biggest reorder by a mile, shave cream. And so people in airports suddenly going, ah, forgotten shave cream. <laughs> shave cream. Um, but interestingly, they could have gone to Boots. 
you know, they could have gone to Boots and they'd have a much bigger selection. So I'm really happy that they're, they're picking up Scrubs um, and giving it a go. And doing that travel relationship was always about us trying to understand what a travel profile could look for us. Um, and we're really interested to talk to anyone out there that are real experts in the travel retail um, world because we'd like to uh, really break through on that in uh, 2022. We think it's a real opportunity for us. And have you done any miniatures for the travel range or is it all your existing stuff? Watch this space. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, we have got a fi- our, our current eye gel is in a 15 minute, uh, sorry, 15 minute, 15 mil um, uh, Emperor Airless pump. And uh, we're looking at replicating that uh, to be kind of the model for a, a travel range, gift set, et cetera. That's part of NPD for first half 2022. And to wrap up, Darren, you've obviously got a lot of experience in in retail and in the industry, both from with what you've been doing at Scrubs, but you've worked for Hotel Chocolat, you've worked for you know many other businesses, Orange, um, and so many more that you've talked about before. For people that are starting out, well, two I've asked two questions. For those that are starting, what would you advise? And for those that are scaling, what advice would you give? Okay, so I mean, starting. You mean you mean a pure startup piece of yeah. advice? Just think about the end user. So, no matter how confident you are in the product or the brand that you have designed, ask as many people as possible their opinions. Get your products into people's hands, but think about the end user. So it doesn't need to just look beautiful. It needs to it needs to perform the way the end user would wish it to be without being a pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my first piece of advice. Think about end user. And then also importantly, probably a second piece of advice, who's already in your space and, and be really clear about why you are different and or better. And it's actually okay to be, you know, this space we're in, it's such an exciting space and it's, it's good to have competition. And we're, we sit right in the middle of sort of mid premium of the market um, and there's some fantastic brands out there doing brilliant things and we're all a little bit different from each other and so it's just being really clear about what your point of difference is um what was your second question about people that are already doing it yeah uh, yeah so people that are, want to scale cost you know <laughs> so having as much time as possible to do what you need to do so you know the way that we did the Nordstrom relationship was far from ideal and actually you know you have to take opportunities as they come your way but you know try as much as you can to you know plan ahead as much as you can to plan your activity uh, scale out that sort of spread out that cost you know and avoid avoid airship where possible you know it's the, the cost of, of all logistics now have just gone crazy and it's going to accelerate even more with the current crisis, uh, you know, that we're having in the fuel industry and so on with, you know, all, all sitting around with our empty cars and stuff. But um, yeah, logistics firms are able to, to charge very high rates at the moment um, and warehousing space as well is, is very premium. So, you know, I would just be any business expanding cost, 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 cost. But also make sure that everything you're doing currently is working. And so if yeah. you have if you have a tail in your business, so we we got rid of um, the face mask, which was beautiful, but no one was buying it. One of the soaps wasn't selling, and then we had an extra moisturizer, which was just there for vanity reasons, but it just didn't sell. Um, don't be afraid to cut your tail off and get rid of things that don't work before you expand. 
you know, and it's okay to constantly review your business. It's like retailers that open one shop and close another. It's okay to constantly review your portfolio and what you've got. And that would be a, a key piece of advice. Thank you very much. And for people that, so you have a consultancy business as well. So if anyone wants to work with you, because you don't just work um, and manage scrubs, but you have your consultancy business as well. So do you want to just mention that and where people can find you? A shameless plug, yeah? Yes, a shameless Um, plug. uh, Williamsharding.com, williamsharding.com. It's got information about what I do. um, And it's also got uh, a list of all previous and, and current clients as well. And with direct links to their websites, um, and all my charity charitable uh, partners as well. So uh, I've got four charity partners in Williams Harding. Um, one of them is a Bulgarian dog rescue. And uh, I have one of the residents sitting right behind me now on the sofa. So <laughs> Very went, quiet. I've not heard him. Yeah, she was fast asleep after a morning walk. But I went, I went for 10 days in January 2020 and, um, just to do my bit because I wanted to see it for myself. And everyone kept saying, you're going to come home with a dog. And I denied that completely. And then found a puppy in the snow on my third day and that was it it's game over <laughs> I was pulled, chosen. pulled yeah. on the heartstrings well i'll yeah. put those in the show notes for anyone who wants to get in touch with darren and also to check out scrubs new website because that'll be launched by the time uh, when we air this but thank you very much for joining us and for listening and um if you want to hear more from me you can check me out on instagram on the buyer and retail coach and also my website www.thebuyerandretailcoach.com Thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you so much.